0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. So today I have BTR social media director Virginia on the podcast. She's amazing and she has become one of my best friends and I'm so grateful for her. But before I introduce her, betrayal Trauma Recovery Group is an amazing place for you to talk with, to get help from amazing coaches. When you join Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group, you can get into a session, usually within hours. So it's an amazing community to be a part of to get support on a daily basis. To get more information, go to our website, btr.org. Let's get to my conversation with Virginia. Welcome, Virginia. Hi, and thanks for having me. So we're gonna talk about my book coming out, Trauma, Mama, Husband, Drama. The digital version is available for pre sale right now through our website if you go to btr.org backslash books and then the paper copy will be available June 1st as well as if you do pre-order the Kindle version you will receive it on June 1st. So we're going to talk about that. I sent Virginia a copy so that she could look at it and read it in preparation for the book coming out. Virginia what did you think when you received the book?
1: I first saw the cover and just how beautiful the illustrations I just slipped through the pages of the book and it was just the illustrations were beautiful and of course I read the title trauma mama husband drama and I kind of chuckled to myself because I've read the llama mama pajama whatever that book is to my son a million times and I just liked the simplicity of the text but also just the accuracy of everything I felt like it portrayed exactly how I felt. And my experience going through betrayal trauma, I felt like it was a very clear explanation for what it felt like to be in that situation as the wife of a sex addict.
0: So if women get on Facebook or get on Instagram or Twitter or any other social media, they're either interacting with you or they're interacting with me. So you and I have both come across thousands Could we say of women and their stories? When it comes to like this broad overview of the general woman's experience or the general victim's experience, would you also say that the book shows that the patterns that we see on a daily basis when we're interacting with these
1: thousands of women? Absolutely. I think because we do interact with so many women every day, and I feel like I get to hear the stories of, women with so many different backgrounds and different experiences, I do see the themes are very similar and there's so much overlap, even though the stories themselves can be so different. And I felt like this book really captured that theme. I know that women with different experiences will still be able to relate to the same theme of this book.
0: So I've been thinking about giving a book to clergy. So I gave, why does he do that? to my ecclesiastical leader, and I'm pretty sure he did not read it. It's this huge, chunky book, and when my book comes out, Defining Sexual Coercion in the Age of Internet Porn, it's going to be like that. It's going to be this big, chunky, nonfiction book that you can, like, slap down on someone's desk. This book is so different because it's immediately inviting. Like, you want to open it up and look at the pages, and so I'm thinking that women purchasing multiple copies for their clergy, for their therapists, one maybe for their local library... How do you think a book like this, and in the simplicity and actually like showing it, actually illustrating the emotions, is gonna make a difference?
1: I definitely think that it is going to make a difference. First of all, just being able to physically hand someone a book. You know, you can sit down and read it fairly quickly. And like you said, it you see the visual story happening and then you just read the text and it's simple. And I think having a tool that's simple and direct. It's going to make it easier to share our clergy with our friends, with our family, and it's going to make it it more likely that they're actually going to read the book and then to understand what we're going through. I think it's like a nice, simple message, you know, kind of wrapped and tied with a bow and we just hand it over. And I think that it just makes it very clear and concise for the reader.
0: Yeah, because the issue of this type of abuse is very complex. It's not something that, like, you can just explain. And also, when you explain it the first time, most people are like, no, no. They kind of roll their eyes and shake their heads, and they're like, no, no, th- this is not abuse. Porn use is not abusive, eh, whatever. And then maybe they think about it, and then maybe they come back. In fact, all of us went through that same thing, where we were like, no, he's a good guy. He just has this porn problem. I don't know what you're talking about, Right. And so I think this book enables people to sort of suspend their disbelief enough to let it sink in a little bit more than perhaps, like, confronting them in a conversation might. I'm not sure. I'm hoping that that might be the result. The other thing that this book includes is a bunch of infographics at the end about why it's abusive and really illustrating in visual ways this type of abuse. Like, there's one infographic specifically on sexual coercion and what that means, There's infographics on the four pillars of abuse and the abuse cycle. And so I think those educational pieces at the end will really help sort of tie it together in sort of logical ways, in ways that are difficult in a conversation when people hear the word abuse and they sort of put their guard up.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's like a tool that they can pick up and read and then put down and think about and then go back and look at the infographics and think about them some more and put it down, pick it back up. You know, it's kind of like an ongoing process because like you said, we all go through that phase of thinking, well, it's not actually abuse. There's no physical abuse happening here. It must not be abuse. But then when you break it down, when you really look at like the core of what's happening, then it starts to shift and you start to realize, oh, this is abuse. This is an abusive behavior. And I am it being abused. It's just a great tool. It is. Um, so I did not intend for it to be a children's book.
0: I intended it to be a picture book for adults to help teach this complex issue. It's been out at my house and my kids love it and they think it's amazing only because I'm the author of it and I've had the storyboard out and different versions of it. As the iterations progressed toward being finished, it was just out and about. And my kids really, really genuinely love it. They love looking at the pictures. For women who are wondering, is this a book for kids or is this a book for teenagers, What are your thoughts about that? For me, this is my job. This is what I do all the time. And my kids, they're familiar with this because I'm talking about it all the time. So for me, is it appropriate for my kids? I think yes. But what do you think about it?
1: I definitely think it depends on the situation. And I think each parent needs to decide, you know, is it appropriate for their child specifically? Because every situation is going to be different. I do think that there is value in talking about our experiences with our kids. Every person in every situation is different. And so the amount of detail that is shared may be different from one person to another. But I do think our kids are in tune with what's going on. They know that something is not right when we're going through betrayal trauma and when we're going through abuse. They can sense that something is off even at a very young age. And so I do think that there is value in acknowledging that and maybe sharing some of the experience with them so that they can make sense of what's going on.
0: If someone is going to share it with their children, the cool thing about it is that it's appropriate. There's no graphic pictures. There's no graphic language. Everything is very kid-friendly, I would say. There's nothing explicit in it. Is it appropriate for children? Absolutely. Is it a book for children? I don't know. Parents will have to get it. They'll have to look at it, ponder it, decide for themselves, and see if they think it would be good for them. I think kids will really like it regardless. So if they picked it up, I think they'd think, oh, these pictures are pretty and there's nothing inappropriate.
1: Now that we're talking about this, I'm realizing you typically interview authors and leaders in the industry. And I'm just thinking, wait a minute, we're kind of sitting in the wrong seats. Maybe we need to turn things around and I need to be interviewing you and asking you questions about the book. What do you think? Okay. (laughs) I just have questions that come to mind from my experience. What was it like for you writing this book?
0: Well, it was hard at first because I wanted to include everything. So the first versions of it were really, really long. They were too long. It was like I wanted to show every single scenario that could ever happen. In the beginning, there were lots more illustrations. There was a lot more words. And so trying to pare that down so there weren't any redundancies or duplications was hard because I wanted to include everything. The other thing that was difficult about it was the illustrator who's amazing. One of the reasons why I picked Crystal Wolf as the illustrator is that I sent out one page to several different illustrators and some of them sent back pictures that actually had pornography on them. Like someone was looking at an iPad and the iPad had pornography on it. And I didn't want anything like that. I didn't want it to be explicit. I really wanted it to be very friendly and feel really wholesome. And so when Crystal Wolf sent hers back, I was like, oh, she gets it. She didn't include anything like that. It was really clear. But then as we created the storyboard and went through, it was a lot harder than I thought it would be to illustrate some of these concepts visually. Like one of the pictures is of dad. So there's trauma mama, right? And then there's dad. And it's sort of this vortex of abuse where sometimes he's sweet and sometimes he's on a rampage. And we were trying to figure out how to do that. And it was a difficult concept. A friend of mine said, what about a tornado? And so we did a tornado. It was a lot more involved. How does an illustrator explain these concepts through art? And she did an amazing job, but I would say every single one of the illustrations Every single one went through multiple, multiple, multiple iterations. And then the words on every single page went through multiple, multiple, multiple iterations. I wanted it to rhyme and I wanted it to have a certain rhythm to it. I had this criteria that we had to use. So making everything fit within those parameters was a lot longer process than I thought. So I started writing it in the fall of 2018. So it's been a long process and I've been working on it actively since then. And I'm really, really pleased with the result. I didn't want to write a crappy book. I just didn't. I wanted it to be really good and help people immediately because I thought if this isn't clear, it's not going to be helpful because the main problem with this issue and this type of abuse is that
1: it's so difficult to understand what's happening. I think you achieved that goal. I can't stop looking at the pictures. The pictures are just so pretty to look at, but it's so validating to read and it just hits home. Like it feels so accurate. Really good job. You did great. What was the hardest part writing this book for you? I
0: think like I talked about before, writing such complex concepts in such a really simple way. And then the other thing was getting the illustrations to match, you know? So I think Those two things were the most difficult. And also getting the emotions right, kind of the fear and the anxiety and the worry. And also there's a section where she sets boundaries and like how that feels, the visual metaphor of what that feels like. Kind of a practice in what I was feeling too. I am so logical. Usually I knew I was feeling throughout this whole experience that I've had anxiety and fear and worry. But then having to actually illustrate, not that I drew the pictures, I didn't, but like consult with the illustrator about what I wanted that to look like was really interesting. It was really a process for me to process my own emotions and how I felt about it and my journey through, let's call it the anxiety I think that's hard for everyone. I think the process of writing this book was the same process that we all go through in that we're trying to figure out what's happening and then trying to communicate that to someone else. So I'd say the hardest part about the book parallels the hardest part about the experience, right? Which is that, that it's difficult to, even when you know what's going on, communicating it to someone else is is a challenge.
1: That makes sense. And the nice thing is now that we have the book, it kind of helps all of the women who are having a hard time communicating their experience to other people and what it's like Now they have this great tool that they can order and give to someone and say, "This is how I'm feeling. please read this book. You're helping other women going through that same experience that you went through. A lot of the women who we interact with on a daily basis are just discovering this addiction, or many of them have have been in it you know for Many years as well, but I think a lot of them are just now learning that they're not crazy, number one, and that there's something called betrayal trauma. They're just now learning some of the language and they're just realizing that there's other people who are experiencing this and that there's help and there's hope ahead. And so I think this book would give them language, like just the simple language to narrate their story when you read something that describes your experience and you're like that's what I'm feeling like I remember the first time that I heard the term betrayal trauma and I read like a brief description of it and I thought wait this is exactly what I'm feeling this must be what I have or what I'm going through but I just remember feeling like this wave of relief that like there's a term for it there are other people who feel this way there is hope because that's one thing that The book describes like the pain of the betrayal trauma and the pain of people not believing you, but then it does more than just that because it takes it to the next level of saying, okay, that happens, but look what happens as she sets boundaries and as she establishes safety in her life. For the women who are in our community going through this, I think that that could give them a lot of hope. Number one, it gives them the validation that what they're going through is real and that they're not crazy and that there are other women who experience it. And then I think number two, that it reminds them that this isn't the end. They get to decide what their future looks like. They get to establish the safety in their life that they desire and that they want.
0: We can see from a lot of the messages or a lot of the things we see, the panic and the fear and the anxiety and the stories they tell. And we welcome those messages because we know how it feels. You know, we've been through it. And then as they become more healed and as they have language for it, it's easier to talk about. It's easier to identify.
1: Would you agree? I definitely agree. And I do want to say, reiterate that, that every message that we get, it's like I almost want to say a little prayer for every single message that I see, every comment that I see. When someone clicks a like or, you know, you can just tell that someone understands what you're talking about or is seeking help. I am really grateful that someone is willing to share something so personal and so private and so precious to trust me and to trust BTR with that. I really value that and I really appreciate that. And I take that very seriously. Every message we get, we want it. You know, we're so grateful that you're that you're willing to be vulnerable and to share with us. So thank you for all of your messages. What are your hopes for the future of this book? Like you've kind of talked a little bit about it, but what do you vision for the future of this book? Where do you see it going? And what do you hope that it brings to the world.
0: The hope for this book is the same thing as the hope for BTR. The hope of our mission to ensure that every woman in the world has the ability to identify psychological and emotional abuse and sexual coercion and also create safety when they're experiencing it. So we do that through several mediums at BTR. Virginia does it awesomely through social media on a daily basis. We do it on the podcast. We do it through Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group where victims can actually come speak with coaches and other women who are going through it. There's lots of different ways that we do this. This is just yet another way to educate people about this type of abuse. And until every single woman in the world and every single man, every single person really genuinely understands sexual coercion. They understand that a woman who thinks her relationship is free of porn and and accepts that if she's not aware of her husband's porn use, that's a consent issue. It's a sexual coercion issue that they understand that the gaslighting and the manipulating and all of that stuff is an emotional and psychological abuse. People need to understand that. And I think once that understanding is there, then we can start making real forward progress for the safety of women and children and homes and families. It's also the only hope for the abusive man right, is to recognize that his behavior is abusive and be able to change that behavior in order to be a safe person. The goal of Betrayal Trauma Recovery, the goal of Trauma Mama Husband Drama is world peace. Dare I sound like a beauty queen contestant, but genuinely speaking, the end goal is world peace. It is peace in homes, peace within individuals, to be able to have safe Peaceful, like genuinely happy, full, healthy relationships with their spouses, with their children, and with themselves. And that's what I love about BTR. Yeah, we talk about dark things all the time, but what are we genuinely looking toward? And it's a world of peace.
1: Yeah, we want happy, peaceful families and a happy, peaceful world. I love that. Thanks. When we order this book through Amazon, when can I get a printed copy of it in the mail?
0: Okay. So right now it's in pre-order on Kindle. Amazon does not allow me to do a pre-order of the physical book. So if you pre-order it now, you're pre-ordering the digital Kindle copy. It is ready to go, by the way. So it's great. We just wanted to have like this ramp up for the launch because if we can get a lot of people to purchase it both through pre-orders and on June 1st, which is the first day it will launch, then it bumps things up in the Amazon algorithm and we really, really, really want women to be able to find it. So right now you can pre-order it, like I just said, on Kindle. And then on June 1st, if you pre-ordered it, it will come to your Kindle. Or on June 1st, you can actually order the paper copy and just through Amazon, it will come to you just like all your other Amazon orders come from. So to find it, go to btr.org backslash books. Similarly to that, when we're talking about women being able to find this book, the more reviews that this book gets, the more visible it is in the Amazon algorithm. So when you receive the book as a verified purchaser, please go to Amazon and review it. Give it a five-star review, talk about what you liked about it. That will really help other women find the book because When you search for things on Amazon, the things that are the most popular, the things that have the most reviews, they tend to be toward the top of the list. So please help us get this book at the top of the list. So many people, when they're looking for things about, you know, marriage, like communication or marriage issues or relationship things, they get stupid stuff that has not helped us, that has led us down the wrong path. Like the five love languages, I'm not saying it's stupid necessarily. I'm just saying, So many women were like, okay, well, if this is his love language, then I'm gonna do this. And that did not help them when it came to abuse. So rather than finding books that don't really hit the abuse head on, I would really like for women to find a book like this right off the bat. When they're looking for communication books, I would love for them to see this and consider that porn may be a factor and that they may be experiencing emotional abuse. It breaks my heart. When I talk to women and they say, Yeah, I got a divorce, it just doesn't working. I don't know. It's really sad, you know. And I say, Well, did he use porn? And they're like, Well, yeah, but I don't know if that was the cause. (laughs) Right. I'm thinking, you don't have to have any guilt for your part in your marriage problems if your spouse is using porn. Period. End of story. It is a marker of abuse. We know that it's a marker for abuse, and I just want every person to know that. Now, we know that there are many women out there who also use pornography, and I want to say to the women using porn that your porn use hurts your relationship, too. Betrayal trauma recovery is specifically for women who don't use porn who are married to men who use porn, and that is our specific audience. But I do want to say that I have a lot of compassion for anybody, anyone who does not use porn, who does not want porn in their marriage, who has a spouse, male, female, whatever, who is using porn. That is a painful experience. And I do want to acknowledge that. And we get a lot of messages from men who have been betrayed or men who their wife is using porn. And they say, why don't you have services for us? And that's specifically because this is our specific audience. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there because I've been thinking about that a lot lately, that regardless of your gender, if you use porn, you are going to hurt people.
1: We can pre-order with Kindle right now. What if I don't have a Kindle? Do I need to wait until June 1st when it's available for print to order it?
0: Don't know the answer to that question. I think it's yes. So if you don't have a Kindle... I'm not sure if you can pre-order Kindle books and then you can download it like on a Kindle app, perhaps. So people might be able to get it on a Kindle app. I'm just making this up because I have no idea, like on their iPad or computer. So that might be a possibility. I'm not sure. But the answer to that is everyone can get a paper copy on June 1st, regardless of their device status.
1: I'm going to mark my calendar. I can't wait to order my copies. I'm going to give them to my friends, even my friends who were there with me during my experience and like were empathetic to me. I just want them to see it and read it. I just want to share it. Like I want to share it with everyone. I want to give it to my family members, to my church leaders, to people who I meet who are going through something similar, people who I meet who I have a passing thought that they might be going through something like this. I just want to share it with everyone. When you were talking, I thought back to when I first discovered the pornography use and the emotional abuse that was happening in my marriage. And I thought back to how I didn't know what to do. And I had nothing, no tools. I wish I'd had had someone hand me this book and say, just read this. And it would have been like a game changer from the very beginning. And I could have avoided years of so much emotional pain. So I'm really glad you wrote this book. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. You've been awesome. Really quick before we uh, conclude today, you want to do a quick recap of how we met each other?
1: I would love to. Yes. Okay. So, gosh, I can remember this vividly. I was sitting on my phone and I was looking for resources for for women whose husband was using porn or whose husbands are using porn. And I just had this thought, maybe there is a, a podcast about betrayal traumas. I looked in my podcast app and I looked up betrayal trauma and there was nothing. And I was like, oh, bummer. Okay. And then I was sitting one night later and thinking about it again. And I, I searched again. And I think it was only like a week later. And what's weird is it was in May. I really think it was in May several years ago, four years ago. That's crazy. So I searched it again and then the podcast popped up and I got so excited. I was like, oh, I have to listen to this. And I started listening and I just remember feeling like, oh, She gets it. Oh my gosh! And you reference some of the same resources I had been, you know, looking for at the time. It was like this moment of like, I'm not alone. And then as I started to listen to the podcast more and more, I listened to every single episode. And then um, a group that I was attending, a support group that I was attending at the time, someone from that group had sent out a message like, "Hey, I have a friend started this podcast. She's looking for some volunteers. She wants to get the word out." And I was like wait a minute, this is the podcast I'm listening to. I definitely want to help because I love it and I care about it. And this is the experience I'm going through. And so I think she sent you my contact information and you called me and I got too nervous to answer the phone because I was like, I don't know, maybe it's her. And then and then I heard your voicemail and I was like, okay, I'm going to call her back. And so I called you back and... I just remember like hearing your voice and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the voice. This is Anon because but at that time you went by Anon and I was like, "This is Anon from the podcast." I feel like a, like a little bit of a fangirl, you know, at the time. And so that's how we met and that's where it all started 4 years ago.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And now you're like, oh, it's just Ann, whatever." <laughs> Whatevs. She's just a normal person like everybody else. <laughs> normal but also like creating great things. Yeah. Trying, right. Attempting to change the world. I think that's one thing that I love about myself and that I hate about myself. And it's that I'm crazy enough to think that we really can do this, right? We really can change the world. It's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take a whole army of us to educate everybody about this. And also, they're going to think we're crazy at first, and we have to keep going. Like, we can't let that stop us. We can't let their eye rolls and they're like, oh, who's she? What "What does she know? Stop us from moving forward. And it's people like you, Virginia, and the rest of the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Team and our amazing coaches that have enabled BTR to grow the way that it has. And I feel like people have come out of the woodwork to help women who really get it, who felt sort of, I would say, called to this work to provide this type of education to the world because they don't want any other woman to go through it. And they also think, man, if I would have had the checklist, right? Like the BTR checklist, or if I would have had this book, or if I would have had this podcast at the very beginning, it would have saved me from years and years of pain and chaos, which is why I started it too. So that's the other cool thing about BTR is that it's a team of women who have been through it, who understand it, who are all dedicated to eliminating suffering and stopping the suffering and trying to prevent any further suffering from happening to any other woman.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love the visual of just that we're an army and we're a team because that is definitely true. Awesome. So again, you can find the book at
0: btr.org backslash books Please pre-order it if you're a Kindle fan. And if not, put on your calendar June 1st. Write it on your calendar. It'd be like, buy three copies of the book and, and know who you're going to give the copies to. You know, I'm going to give one to my clergy. I'm going to give one to the library. And I'm going to give two other ones to friends I know who are going through this. Also, we really appreciate on Facebook, on Instagram, and other places, if you can help spread the word about this new book, it will really help get the word out and we need your help. Similarly, once you receive the book, please give it a five-star rating on Amazon to help the algorithm so that women who are searching for this type of information can get it. And until
1: next week, stay safe out there.